Uh, so last week and this week, but we didn't do it last week here because we had that terrific service. Last week and this week, I've been talking about giving, so you only get it today. So you missed out on last week. It was a good talk. You should listen online. It's a good talk. Uh, uh, we do this twice, once a year to speak for two weeks just to remind us of um, where we stand as a church and what we're doing and what I want to encourage us to this year. And we, we had Vision Sunday, uh, Vision Night, and, and we, we've uh, worked the, some of that out in the sermons in the last couple of weeks. But a lot of that is also needs to be worked out uh, in our own lives. Um, uh, I, I, I want to... Uh, uh, begin to, uh, by thinking about um, the effect that we have as a church. I don't know if you've heard of the scientific theory, the butterfly effect. How many people have heard of the butterfly effect? Okay, quite a few of you, some not. Let me just tell you what it is in case you haven't heard of it, just in a nutshell. The idea is that a butterfly flapping its wings in South America can produce a tornado in Texas. Now, it sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? But it is a real scientific theory. And while I don't know much about weather patterns and butterflies, I do know that the theory demonstrates a principle that is very easy to forget. And the principle is this. Our actions often have effects far beyond and more profound than we first think. So when we do something, the result of that something can be far greater than the initial thing we do. Okay, I'm going to show a little clip now on fair trade, if that's okay. Just lasts for about a minute. I show you that because the point is this. You buy a packet of sugar that's fair trade, the butterfly effect 
is that children get schooling, medical aid is offered, um, uh, families are able to put food on the table. The the effect of us uh, being intelligent and thoughtful shoppers can have a profound effect around the world. The butterfly effect. I want to give you a couple of um, uh, examples here from St. Paul's. Um, uh, My long-term and long-time friend, Ray Elliott, who many of you will know, uh, works on the staff here at St. Paul's. He's away this weekend on a prison fellowship weekend, so I'm able to tell this or he might hit me. Um, uh, he's one of our, my longest serving staff members and um, uh, many, many years ago now, I don't know how many years ago, it is probably 15 years ago, I asked Ray if he would give up a very lucrative career um, to come and work for the church to work with prisoners in Wormwood Scrubs. To enable him just to do that it took him two years to bring his job into land so he could... Uh, reduce his mortgage enough to cope with it on a pastor's salary. And um, uh, Ray uh, has uh, chosen to work with prisoners in Wormwood Scrubs. And uh, uh, through his ministry, we've seen prisoners come to faith who are now reunited with their families, have had their marriages restored, and have chosen to take a new direction in life. It means that fathers are now at home with their children and with their wives rather than being incarcerated in prison. Through the work that Ray is doing, we've seen people come to faith, train as pastors. We as a church have sponsored them while they're in Wilma Scrubs to train as pastors. They come out of Wilma Scrubs and they're now leading churches in different nations around the world. I think that's extraordinary. So they're choosing to spend their lives encouraging others to choose a way of life that makes a difference in this world. Giving rather than they, uh, rather than getting. A simple illustration of us to give them a better chance of education, telling them that they're really something. And uh, Jill on Facebook was saying that they even slept in them. This enabling mothers to give birth to children safely. That's take Maasai community who otherwise were a, a wandering nomadic community who have now have to be a settled community to learn about being a settled community. And so um, Becker and Henny are teaching them basic farming skills and growing vegetables for them and encouraging them to eat uh, in different ways. Um, uh, What they've done in going out there as one family is actually changing the lives of over 3,000, a community of 3,000 Maasai People. There's Dave and Jenny Watson who've taken their family to Pakistan. Um, through Jenny's ministry, we're seeing doctors being trained to make a difference uh, with a uh, un- greater understanding of tropical diseases, a greater, greater um, uh, uh, understanding of medical issues. Uh, and Dave's ministry, seeing uh, young men and women who otherwise had no chance of employment through the small micro-business system, the loan system that he runs, Uh, literally seeing hundreds of families now have an opportunity to have income into their homes. And that means that they're able to feed their families. This is the difference it's making. That they going over there means that actually several hundred families now have food on the table who otherwise wouldn't have had food on the table, the butterfly effect. 
There's people like Mark Lawler working to rescue women from sexual exploitation and offer them a new life. There's the Toy Box Charity where we work with them to pick children up off the rubbish tip and enable them to find education and care and family and uh, a new life. Um, there's Joe Staniel in Puneer in India uh, where uh, when I first went out there, there was just one small little church, a tiny little building, uh, probably no bigger than from here, this little sanctuary area. And um, now uh, we, through our mission committee, we support 21 pastors who run 21 churches. Every church that we support out there now has a school attached to it. Through the school system, we think we have over 3,000 children in education in India through our support for that. It's the butterfly effect. We do one little thing, and then God takes it and magnifies uh, it out. Closer to home, there's the language school. Um, uh, Stefan Anstis, marvellous man, who came to me and said, we've got to do something about this, Mark. People who are in this country can't speak English and they've got no chance of being able to pay for language courses and we need to do something. Last year, he saw 108 students come through and qualify through the language school with a team that helped run that. It's a phenomenal thing um, uh, with, uh, that uh, he and Yurik uh, run. Um, there's choices pregnancy center there's the soup kitchen that offers food to the homeless Um, uh, all of these things are the butterfly effect we do something and something bigger happens we as a church are punching way above our weight we're actually enabling more to happen than probably one little church ought to enable to happen but I don't want us to stop there I believe that God is calling us to do even more. Actually, to take this butterfly effect and make it even bigger. To, to enable more ministry to happen. Not, 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 not doing ministry here. Where we're rooted in here. We're focused on here. and we're so, We are so blessed with the community we have and the family that we have together, with the unity that there is in the church. I, I, I don't hear there's any disunity. I don't want to know if there is actually. Don't tell me, because I'd be terribly disappointed. But, you know, I, I hear other pastors talking about their churches and all oh, divisions here and divisions there. And I sit, I go, well, I don't think we've got any. I mean, either I'm completely dense, uh, in which case, please leave me being dense, or I think we're all on the same page. And the, it's terrific to have a family that are going, we're in this together. This is about seeing God's kingdom come uh, and life change happen and I I want to speak today and I speak today on giving and I spoke I spoke about it at the 9.15 last week and at the 6.30 and I'm speaking about it again at the 6.30 this evening but you, I'm just speaking to you once uh, if you just come to the 11 so I, I really need you to hear today because I'm not going to do this again so I want you to hear today please to help us as a church family this year we, we budget things really carefully Um, uh, those of you who are on the giving scheme you should have had a letter from me in the last week or so to say thank you to give you a statement of account I don't see the statements I actually uh, don't really see who I'm writing to I just wrote the letter and signed it and then all the names and all the figures and everything else don't come into my orbit because I I don't want to know that I want to just love you whether you give a penny or a pound Uh, but, but, but this year you know when we look at our finances we need to raise another £30,000 in planned giving over the course of this year. I spoke at the 9.15 and the 6.30 last week. Already another £10,000 in planned giving has already come in. And people are still responding. 
So that's really exciting. And, and uh, this is my only chance to speak to you guys. I want to say, will you help us today? Will you review your giving and think about uh, what, you're, you, what you're, you're doing and enabling here as a church family together to help us with this butterfly effect? So three little things I want to bring out from this passage. I'm going to start at verse 6. Paul says this first. is a proposition. He says this. Remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. Paul says this. The proposition. Sow lots of seeds. You'll get a bigger harvest. So generously, the response will be generous. We reap what we sow. I believe that's so true in life in general, isn't it? We're treated as we treat others. If we have time for other people, they have time for us. If we care for other people, they will care for us. If we're cruel to other people, people will be cruel to us. If we shun other people, people will shun us. If we give to others... It will be given to us. It's a really simple picture that Paul paints. He says, look, if you give generously, if you sow broad, if you paint a bigger picture, God can come and fill it in. Be generous, he says, to the church in Jerusalem. I don't know if you're like me, something like me, when it comes to birthdays and Christmases, I prefer giving to receiving. How many people prefer giving a present to receiving a present? Yeah, quite a lot of us. Okay. Quite a lot don't. All right, I see that as well. Yeah, all right, all right. Some of us prefer giving to receiving. And sometimes when we give, we, we get it right. And sometimes we don't get it right. But, but we're called to give. I, I love the look on the face of the person I'm giving to. A couple of years ago, a few years ago now, I, I, I spent ages choosing a jumper for my wife. And when she opened it up on her birthday, she was silent and all the children laughed. And I sat there going, did I miss something? And they all said, you know mummy doesn't wear cream. And I go, no, I didn't know. <laughs> no idea about that. No, I now know. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But the satisfaction of giving, the satisfaction of giving is terrific. The effect of that on our hearts when you give someone a gift, we, we, we've, we've got a little, a, a little goddaughter who we're very proud of, who was 18 recently. And uh, for her birthday, we bought her a little gift of a necklace. And uh, it was the same necklace that my wife has. And we went to her celebration. And she said to my wife, she said, oh, I love your necklace. I love your necklace. And it was a pearl necklace, a real pearl necklace. And um, uh, we knew it's in the box because we've packed it up for you and at some point later on tonight you're going to open that and you're going to be pleased with it that brings such pleasure doesn't it we got it right giving is a terrific thing when you get it right and and god says if we sow into his kingdom we can't get it wrong because he'll take it and give it the butterfly effect he'll fan it out he'll multiply it He'll take it and expand it, and others will be blessed through it. Paul says the first principle here, he says, so generously into other people's lives. 
Then he says the second thing. If you do that, he says, here's how you do it. Verse 7, he says, you must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. Paul says, this is how you should do it. So generously, he says, but do it first. Decide in your own heart what you should give. Don't give under pressure. Don't feel under compulsion. Give because of the grace of God. Grace giving. Give because you've got a thankful heart. Give because you know your Father. Give because God has been good to you. What has God done for you that you want to express thanks for? That you feel you want to share so um, somebody else might know the grace of God in their lives. For Ray Elliott, it was coming to faith. He said, I want to spend the rest of my life sharing faith with other people. And he has done that. And through him, pastors have been trained, lives have been changed, families have been reunited, marriages have been restored. Through that one man, and every now and again he says to me, Mark, I need to think about retirement. And I say, don't you dare. We'll keep working together till we drop. We'll make this happen. Why? Because I think, I think that we've got such a work to do. The butterfly uh, effect. How can we, how, the we, that we, the we that know the grace of God want to share it in the lives of others. How do we decide what to give? Well, any of you who've been doing the Bible in a year with us, that was a tough reading this morning, wasn't it? Those of you who are doing that. I was like, whoa, where did that, where, what planet did that come from? You know, a bit of a challenging read. It's quite fun. Looking forward to um, uh, Simon Coupland coming in May. Don't miss that when he comes and picks up some of the challenges of the Old Testament. I should be there on the front row, I think. Um, uh, but there's the Old Testament, we're told. Those of us who've been reading it, we've been reading Leviticus. It says, bring in the first fruits. Bring your first fruits in. You know, when, when God gives to you, offer back. Offer back the first fruits, and it brings out a picture of the tithe of 10% of what we have. Of course, in the New Testament, they upped the game. They said, don't just give a tithe. They said, just give everything. Give your lives as well. Give everything. That's the New Testament challenge. A pretty big challenge, isn't it, really? Give everything, he says. And Paul here, he says, give what you believe God has called you to give. And I want to encourage you with all my heart to give generously. Because I believe, I believe with absolute integrity, without question, we don't waste a penny here. We're trying hard to invest in things that would have a butterfly effect, that would really make a difference, not just here, but around the world. I want to encourage you to give generously. And I want to encourage you to participate in the giving scheme, because if it comes in in the giving scheme, we know what's coming in, then we can plan to spend it. We can plan to invest it. And uh, uh, we're seeking to do that this year in a wise and generous uh, way. Please give generously, but give what you believe you should give. I want to encourage you. I'm not going to pressure you. I don't look at the statements. I don't know how much each person is giving, but I want to encourage you. Please give generously to the ministry of God. In chapter 8, Paul talks, which I was speaking on last week, Paul talks about a percentage of our income. He says, give something that's measurable. Um, not just what's left over at the end of the month, but planned giving. There's something about that, you know. We don't become generous by accident. We become generous by giving deliberately. 
If we plan and give deliberately, if we choose to give deliberately, then we become generous. And there's something very special about being a generous giver. But he doesn't just leave it at that. He says, give cheerfully, for God loves a cheerful giver. There's something isn't there, in there, isn't there? When we acknowledge what God has done for us, we're aware of God's goodness in our lives, that we actually want cheerful givers. Um, we don't give reluctantly or under compulsion, but with a smile on our faces. And I've been out with Joseph in India, told this story many times when they come to the collection in their church. Everybody gets up from their seats. I, I, in the end, I got the hang of it. I knew what they were doing. Because they give the notice, all the speaking is in Hindi, and you sit there, you're not knowing what's going on. And all of a sudden, everybody starts getting up and dancing. And so you start getting up and dancing. <laughs> and they start all going to the front, and you're dancing to the front. You think, I wonder what we're doing. <laughs> you get to the front, and they're all then putting their collection in. You're thinking, oh, blow my wallet's back in the pew. I've got to go all the way, I've got to dance all the way back, and then dance all the way back up again, you know. They, they take it to the extreme. They say, so that we give cheerfully, we dance as we put our money in. I didn't think I'd introduce that here. I'm not sure it would go down quite so well. But, 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 but that's how God wants us to give. He wants us to give cheerfully. That it's from the heart, knowing that what we're investing in actually is the kingdom, not just here, but further afield. So firstly, there's the proposition. So generously and you'll reap a generous harvest. This is what we're trying to do as a church family together. Then secondly, the explanation. Give regularly, give measurably, and give what you choose, but give it cheerfully. And thirdly and finally, there's the promise. Verse 8 onwards, he says this. And God will generously provide all you need. Then you'll always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. As the scripture says, They share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he'll provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. I think Paul is saying that we have to work out what we're doing. If we give generously to God, then he can take it and multiply it out. I'm always reminded of the, the boy who shared his lunch and Jesus took it and fed 5,000. Your story, my story, we're all part of the story. Everybody is given in this church. Our story is that there are 21 churches now in Punia because of the money that we invest. Our story is that children are in education in India because of the money that we invest. Our story is that children are being educated in Kenya because of the money we invest. And, and in Bangladesh. Our story is that there are Businesses being started in Pakistan because of the money we invest. That's the multiply effect, the butterfly effect. God takes it, we put our resources in, he takes it, he multiplies it out. Our story is that there's a crisis pregnancy center here because of the money that we invest. Our story is that there's a soup kitchen here because of the money that we invest. Our story is that there's a besom here because of the money that we invest. Our story is that there's a cap center here because of the money that we invest. As Niff was telling me last week, that two of her clients are now completely debt-free. Last week, they stood debt-free. Isn't that fantastic? That's two families in this community that are now restored and can now live are debt-free. Why? Because we've chosen to invest and ensure that through this little ministry, people like that can be helped. It's the butterfly effect. You don't know those families. I don't know those families. We don't need to know those families. Asnif keeps all her files locked away very privately, so we don't want to know. 
But what we do know is that through her and through the ministry of those who volunteer, there are now two families who can sleep better and plan for the future because they no longer have that cloud of debt over their shoulders. And they've done it. They've paid it off. We've just enabled them to do it. We've just worked with them to do it. That's the butterfly effect. So Jesus says if we do that, Paul says if we do that, number three, there's a promise. He says if you do that, then I will look after you. It's all about faith in God, he says. Are you going to trust me to do it? You know, friends, uh, we, have, we have a choice. Mother Teresa used to say, love until it hurts. And we have to do that. And sometimes, you know, Paul says here, he says, don't give so you go broke. He says that in chapter 8. He says, but give so you feel it, because others will feel it. They'll feel the blessing of it. And there's something about that, isn't there? There's something about that. If you give a gift and it's, you don't feel it, it doesn't really. But if you give a gift and you feel it, well, it makes a difference. You value the giving and the, giver is, the receiver values the, the receiving. So if each of us brings and shares our treasure, it will help us as a church to live the butterfly effect. And I want to encourage us to grab the opportunity. I, I, I really... I say this with all genuineness. I don't want to speak on this again. I really don't. I, I, we do, I do this twice a year. Fortunately, last week I didn't have to do it because the bishop was here. But I do this twice a year. Well, I've only done it once a year at this service. I want to encourage you. If you're on the giving scheme, would you review your giving and help us? If you've yet to join, would you pick up a giving pack at the back? I've taken the uh, liberty of putting a table out there with some giving packs on. If they run out, there's some more in the welcome area. And we can take those and fill it in. Don't, don't, I encourage you, don't take it home. Because I know what happens when it goes home. You write a shopping list on the back of it and take it to Sainsbury's. I know, I know that's what happens. But why not this morning? Why not this morning? Vicky, our treasurer. Vicky, just stand up, will you? Vicky, our treasurer is around. Vicky oversees the finance for the church. And uh, she's around. You can talk to her or ask her any questions you like. She can show you the accounts. She can show you my expenses. They all go up on the board every time we have a PCC. You can look at all of that. You can see what everything is being spent on. We're a completely open book. You'll see that we don't waste a penny. I want to encourage you. Would you come and stand with us as we seek to make a difference? Join the giving scheme and help us have a butterfly effect. Allow the breath of the Spirit to be blown on your treasures that with his breath on it, they multiply out around this world, around this community, this city, this nation, and this world to make a difference in people's lives. Is that okay?